Let me read a scripture before uh, Hugh comes to share with us. And it's from Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the, with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Amen? Well, uh, let's welcome Hugh. He's coming to talk on the subject of money again. that yeah that's great <laughs> good morning everybody so good to see you um i uh, a few sorry we liz and i a few uh, years ago when our eldest son sam and his wife caris uh, and grandchildren uh, lived in sheffield um as well as seeing them we called into the dfs store um and some other stores around there uh, because we were looking for, I think, a, a SETI or something. And I remember thinking to myself, on that occasion, I felt, I think, how sorry I feel for you that you're all actually crowded in the same place. You're just a stone's throw apart from each other. And I went into one shop, saw a SETI. We went into another, and Liz and I said, oh, that's much better. What a shame for that shop that's missed out, because we would, if we were buying, which we weren't, but we were just looking, but we would have bought that. And little in my naivety did I realise that, in fact, it's better for those shops to be huddled together. Because whatever they lose out on in the competition from their neighbours, they gain so many more times by all being together. Because everybody knows in Sheffield, that's the place to go. They're the three main furniture shops. Go there. And they gain so much more. And in fact, there's a biblical principle to this from right at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. It's not good that a man, a woman, be alone and separated from other people. And this is where I'm going this morning in what I'm sharing with us on part five uh, of money. It's not good that people are alone. Now, last time, we're just on the first slide, if we can keep that. That would be lovely for, the, for a moment. Looked about how living by principles of the Bible can exalt a nation. Uh, today we're looking more personally about principles of the Bible that can help you and I, if you like, prosper. And the way to do that is simply by living by what the Bible says. Now, that sounds trite, it sounds simple, but I believe it to be true. And I hope I can illustrate that to you. And I gave you a quote from a guy called Derek Prince. And he said this, he said, don't chase money, let money chase you. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, wouldn't that be great? If you look, look behind you, hey, there's money chasing after me. Everybody likes money. Who in here doesn't like money? Everybody likes a bit more, yeah? Wouldn't that be great? But is it true? Is it true? Well, isn't that what Jesus promised? In a way. At least he said something like that. Did he not? Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things, food, clothing, things you need, will come after you. But is that really true? Is that really true? I'd like to just illustrate it before I share with you three principles 
that help people to prosper. I'll tell you what those principles are. We're still on this first slide, I hope. Yeah. And what they are, three C's. First one, connect. Second one, care. Third one, create. So, and I just before I just mention those to you, I want to talk to you about a particular people who, against all the odds, even at times when there has been extraordinary and severe persecution and loss, one particular people group down the ages, over millennia, seemed to do, as David mentioned in his previous talk, disproportionately well to other people, particularly in the realm of finance, but not just in finance, but, but in that area. And that is, of course, the Jewish people. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying all Jews are rich or there are no poor Jews. That's ridiculous. But if you have some sort of a measure of how people do, and there is one, most Jews live in America, apart from those that don't live in, in Israel, most of the rest live in America. And there is something called the Forbes 400, which is a list of the richest people there are there, 400 most rich people. There should only be about eight Jews as there are, they are 2% of the population of the United States. In fact, the figure goes never below 50 out of 400 and often is near 100, which is 25%, a quarter of the richest people are Jewish. What is going on? So some people have come up with it. Well, it must be because they're really intelligent. They're super intelligent. They're so clever, they can just make loads of money. Did you know the most intelligent people are rubbish with money? So I'm, uh, yeah, that's why I'm not that good with money. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, thank you, yes. Uh, that's true. Uh, yes, I am. Liz will expose me, and that's good. Uh, but, but if you do a, so down here, there's one side of a graph, okay? This graph is like a bell curve graph, okay? Here we've got Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, not that bright. Over here we've got Albert Einstein. In this graph, those that make money, the people in the middle comes down. You know, the professors in universities, they're too clever for their own good. And, and they're, they're not very good with money. Neither is Forrest Gump. But in the middle, you've got Donald Trump, people like that. You've got people who seem to do, or, or those that do well, tend to not be extremely clever people. Um, somebody else says, well, all the Jews, you know, they're in each other's pockets. It's a nod and a wink. We'll look after you. You'll look after me. Well, a lot of them are at one another's throats. So that doesn't really add up. What is it? I think there's two reasons why this happens. This is my opinion. Uh, you may want to disagree with me, prove me wrong, that's fine. I'm just expressing my view and my opinion. I think the first reason is, is that they still carry with them the blessing of God, originally spoken by Abraham, <clears throat> by God to Abraham. Genesis 12 and verse 2, there is a slide with that on. It says... Uh, God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I think sometimes God just doesn't stop blessing. And you say, well, that's all right for them. What about me? What about me? I've got some fantastic news for you today. Because in Galatians, this is a, another slide, the next slide, Galatians... Uh, 3 and verse 14 says this, Christ redeemed us, you and me. Are you a Christian? Most people in here are Christians, good. 
Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that's non-Jews, through faith in Jesus Christ. So don't count yourself out. We've been grafted into that original vine, says Paul in Romans chapter 9. So we have the potentiality to, for, for money to chase us in one sense. Okay, but the second reason, and this is what I want to emphasize, why, why is it that Jewish people have always seemed to do so well when it comes to finance? And it comes down to that scripture that David read. And um, <clears throat> those who delight in the law of the law, who meditate on his law day and night, are like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Um, <clears throat> what does that word prosper mean? I want to tell you straight away, it does not primarily mean money. It simply means success. And I want to illustrate that with a Christmas present I got uh, last year from my nephew, Josh. Josh knows I absolutely adore fresh, ripe figs. So out of the kindness of his heart, he bought me a little fig plant. And uh, I planted it. I got John in's too, repotted it. Tried to give it every chance of success. Weeks go by, grey bits on the leaves, leaves start falling off. It's a shame. I'll try and rescue it, plant it in the garden in a sheltered place, give it lots of fertiliser. I can confirm today, as of uh, 8 a.m. this morning, that fig tree sadly is deceased. <laughs> now, here's the picture, because the thing is, you see, that, that fig tree or fig plant has not prospered. It has not been successful in achieving its destiny that God planned for it in its life. And that is what that word prosper means. It means simply to have success. Who doesn't want a bit of success? But part of that's going to be with finance. Because we all live in a world with finance in it. So it's going to include that. But it means mental well-being. It means ability to relate it just means wellness it means fulfilling your potential thriving bearing fruit and the bible says whoever meditates on the word of god on his law his ways you make yourself prone to prosper it's a bit like you know the sas and the out to take out a building the, the enemy so they send the SAS in, um, and um, the, one of the, the guys pastes the building with an invisible light. And the F-16 jet overhead with Hellfire missiles comes in, picks up on its sensing gear, that pasting, and, and the missiles take out the target. Well, with us, what happens is we can put ourselves in a position where we are prone to receive the blessing of God on our lives where we attract prosperity, success. And we make ourselves prone, and God sees it, and over a period of time, you find God brings you into prosperity, success in your life. Not in every way. We, we all have faith. We're not all going to be a million times more successful than anybody else, or nothing ever go wrong to us. That's ridiculous. 
But over a period of time, you will start to know success in your relationships, in your mental health, in your ability to do things in your life. You'll know success, and part of that will involve finance. And to, to meditate means to chew the cud. So have you seen a cow in a field? Or just lately I took my granddaughter Eva to see some horses, and they were doing the same thing. Gave, gave them some grass, and they were chewing the cud. And what are they doing? They're taking in from that food into themselves the goodness and the ingredients of it. And I have to say, too many of us don't take the Bible seriously enough. And we treat it like a magazine in a dentist waiting room. Hello magazine or country life. Pick it up. Quick look, that's it. The real benefit for you and me is getting God's ways, God's principles, deeply into ourselves. And you paste yourself you attract the attention of our good, not hellfire miss missiles, heaven-fired missiles, <laughs> bringing success to you, prosperity to you. And let me just say again, that does not mean we won't go through trouble and trial and difficulty. We will in life. Jesus said you will. But you can know success in all that. And uh, one of the things I did when I was in the Air Force... Uh, <clears throat> is I was learning, I was an apprentice, technician, highfalutin title, technician engineer, air communications and air radar. And I remember studying schematic diagrams of Decker Doppler. And that morning I'd written out a passage from the Bible because my lovely padre, Warren Porter, who I loved, such a lovely guy, uh, he gave me this book, The 100 Texts. And uh, I would be there... And I would read, you know, I'd have it written down. There's one God, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And text after text after text. And I have to read it again and read it again and memorize it. I commit it to memory. And uh, you don't have to do that. But I just wanted to because I just wanted this. Mike last week talked about being hungry, hungry, hungry for God. And I just wanted the Bible inside of me. And, uh, and it becomes a part of you. And if you... Do that. You don't have to do that. Uh, Lawrence Neeson in his church, they talk about turn the page. Just do what you can do. There's lots of facilities these days. Lucas on Life is one. Just a little passage, a little commentary. But just get the Bible into you. Don't be haphazard about it. You know, that can lead to error. I've said this before. It's a funny thing. All right. But I'll do it again. Okay. You open the Bible. Dentist waiting surgery. Got a few minutes. I'm waiting for the dentist. Waiting for the anesthetic to take effect. Ah, oh, Judas went out and hung himself. Right. Go and do the same thing yourself. I can find that in the Bible. It leads to error. No, what you need to do is get the Bible into yourself. Set yourself up to be prone to prosper. Principles resulting in prosperity. I've said them. Number one, connect. Number two, care. Number three, create. <clears throat> Connect, and I'll, I'll probably get through one of these, and that's absolutely fine. So to connect with other people is a key biblical, ancient Jewish tradition. Connect, it's not good that a person is on their own. Being alone doesn't result in well-being. Now don't, don't stab yourself if you're not married or you're not, particularly connected. Look, 
I'm just giving you the principle, it doesn't matter, but we connect with each other for our well-being. Did you know that great leaps in wealth have always followed advances in connection and communication? I'll say one word, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, wherever you go these days, especially amongst, say, you know, Franklin College over there, playtime, not playtime, break time, you know. <laughs> what are they doing? All heads down looking at the phone. Why? God's created a world where we need to connect with one another. Uh, like I say, mentioned by grandchild Aoife, and uh, most days I get to perhaps look after, say, for a, an hour or so, and uh, I, uh, I have a, a bit of a short tolerance for excessive playing with her, and uh, so play with her for a bit, and then just, oh, I've just had enough now, I just want to go in there, so I put the telly on to distract her, uh, and, and I'm just sat down there, don't worry, I can always keep my eye on Aoife, um, and um, my daughter there, um, and, uh, and one, one day I'd had enough, right? I'd had enough, and I just, just sat down, watching the telly. Oh, this is nice, I'm not being played. Uh, and um, uh, anyway, <clears throat> and then I just looked to my left, and there was Aoife, sat right next to me, looking at the telly, with, sat in the same pose that I am, watching the telly with me. And it just occurred to me, you know, as people, we just love to be connected. We like to bond where we can with other people. It's good for us. It's natural. We want that. It's the way to go. Um, <clears throat> I mean, anybody will do out of the seven and a half million billion people on the earth. It's just I spent more time with her. You know, I mean, mum and dad and nana have much higher precedence than me. But, but, uh, but I get in there because I do spend some time with her. So she just wants to bond. She just wants to be with her granddad. And in fact, the key to success in life is to be able to, is bonding with other people, is connecting with other people. Um, my my uh, favourite, my favourite story in the Bible is the story of Joseph about families bonding together or not doing. And uh, this story, you know, uh, Joseph is hated by his brothers because He's his dad's favourite, and uh, they say, "Let's let's get rid of let's get rid of the pain in the neck." And so what they do is they, <clears throat> you can go down from that actually, probably go to the uh, keep going down on the slide, please, sir, if you would. Ah, there we go. And uh, so there's uh, uh, Joseph being thrown in this pit by his brothers who just want to get rid of him, um, and. Uh, what happens is he gets taken to Egypt and God's with him and he prospers. And his brothers don't prosper because there's a famine. Um, and his brothers eventually go to Egypt and buy grain. And then on the way back, they discovered the money's been put back in their sacks to their distress and dismay. What's going off here? And it's as if Joseph is sending them a message saying, listen, I'm not interested in the money. It's it's, I'm, I'm interested in the relationship I have with you. And anyway, they go back <clears throat> and uh, to buy more grain, and Joseph reveals himself 
to his brothers. And uh, <clears throat> the thing about it is that the, the brothers and Joseph's family start to prosper when they're reconnected together. And his dad, Jacob, comes down and they get the best place in the land of, uh, of Egypt in Goshen and they start to prosper after the connection is re-established. I can relate to this in my own life, you know, because I've got two older brothers and an, an, an older sister. <clears throat> and uh, my second oldest brother, I was quite close to him when I was growing up. Um, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> I met Liz, and Liz and I got married. And we made a big boo-boo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because what happened is we, we failed to invite my brother's daughter to our wedding. So, I'm sorry. Uh, we, what did I say? I do apologize. We, uh, we actually uh, failed to pick uh, my niece as a bridesmaid to our wedding. Thank you. That was, that was it, wasn't it? Um, and, and there was a disconnection there. And then something else happened. When we were, Liz and I were missionaries in Jordan, my mum, my dad had died, and my mum, uh, she very kindly kept giving us money. And at that time, my brother was looking after the, uh, the money uh, for my mum, who was quite elderly then. Um, and uh, he was furious, I got to hear, because mum was sending us money, giving us money. And so there's this friction. And, but I, as the younger brother, can relate to this because I really love my brother. But there's been these disconnecting things that have happened. And, and I can imagine Joseph in that situation with his brothers who threw him down a pit, tried, thought they'd kill him, but in fact sold him in, instead. And, um, uh, um, but they started to succeed and find success when they were reconnected with their brother. And so my first point is in life, if we want to put ourselves in a position where we're prone to prosper, we need to have connection with other people. And that's where we are. We are on that first point of connecting. And you say, well, well that's all right, but I, I don't know that many people. What can I do to be connected to people? And the thing that you can do, and, and I can do, is we can care for people. Care for their needs, care for their situation. And rather than saying to ourselves, well, you know, how can I, how can I prosper? And what can I do to get people to do things for me, for my benefit? What we can do is turn that on its head and say, well, look, what I want to do is I want to care for you. I want to do you a favor. Isn't that the best way to create a relationship? So, well, look, how can I serve you? Not what can I get out of you? Do you ever look at people and think, well, how can I gain something from that person, that situation? But actually, if we say, well, first of all, well, actually, how can I serve you? And there is just one picture uh, up here, the next one, uh, because Liz and I, uh, yeah, and go, go past that one. Liz and I had the uh, pleasure and the privilege of going to uh, Sicily last summer and um, this is Shikli uh, in southeastern Sicily and it was the Jewish population there 
who from their own money made uh, a conduit so that when there's a tremendous amount of rain, it flooded down and destroyed everybody's livelihood. So they, from their own money, built that just to serve people, just to care for them and uh, stop that happening. The sad thing was a plot was sprung uh, over the Jews after that and about 36,000 of them were murdered after they'd done that to serve. But it's, it's deep within the biblical thinking. Let's care for other people and that way we build up relationships with people. And so, so do we, we want to make ourselves, put ourselves in a position where we're prone to prosper. We want to be people who find success in all areas of life. And the way to do that is to be connected. And the way to get connected and stay connected is to begin to change our thinking. Think, well, how can I get this to happen? How can I be successful? How can I be better off? Financially, how can I just be better off in my life? The way to do that is to say, well, I, I want to be connected. And what I need to do, I just want, Lord, give me ways that I can serve people. I was so chuffed recently that my neighbor knocked on the door. Well, he didn't. I spoke to him over the phone. He said, Hugh, my mum is close to dying. And I just need to talk to someone. And I was able to invite him in and just listen to him. He said, you might not think you've done anything there. That's just really helped me sort my thinking out. I was so chuffed that I'd had that opportunity to do that because somebody said, you know, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in hearing what you've got to say to me until I first know that you care for me. And uh, so may God help us as we seek to prosper and make ourselves a target for the blessing of God. I'm going to pray. And can the worship team come back up, please? So, Heavenly Father, I do thank you for the truth of your word. And I thank you, Lord, that each one of us has this wonderful blessing whereby we can attract your blessing and your presence upon our lives. Uh, and I pray that you will help us, O oh God, be such people that make ourselves prone, prone to prosper prone to be blessed. And so we just give you grateful thanks in Jesus' name.